Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from Expedition Bigfoot. You're listening to the Paranomaly Zone. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. It does happen. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's hysteria! Hey there, ponderers of the paranormal and fans of a true crime podcast content. This is the Paranomaly Zone, but you knew that already because you clicked on the big Paranomaly Zone logo, and this is a pretty special episode. This episode right here was recorded a month and a half ago exclusively for the Paranomaly Zone Patreon page, but we wanted to give another sample of the kind of wicked goodness that we have going on at the Patreon page, and Mike is just chomping at the bit to jump in here and talk about this episode. I know I'm one, still having nightmares about it. I was going to say this one. <laughs> this was disturbing. Uh, yes, it's true crime, but I'm starting to learn that all true crime is sick and twisted. Like they are, they go together. They kind of fit, don't they? Yeah, we're talking. <laughs> this episode I I titled simply the crawl space, and yeah, you probably figured out why. Deservedly so. You probably figured out why we called it that. Uh, yeah, we're talking about John Wayne Gacy, the, as Mike said, absolutely sick and twisted, perverse, disgusting mind from the killer of the killer clown himself, Mr. John Wayne Gacy. And I, I want to make this clear is that we're not, particularly for this episode we recorded a while back for the Patreon page, we're not sitting there breaking any new ground as far as our, you know, putting forth our own, I guess, uh, our, our, our own takes, our own uh, theories as to what was going on in that guy's mind. We really simply focused on the idea of storing dead bodies in your crawl space, victims that you killed yourself. Just what is going on in that psychotic mind there. It was, it was a dive into the um, atrociously dark and depraved. He did this with uh, not caring about... Uh the stench that he must have known was going to be coming up. I mean, his wife for crying out loud, he didn't care if she was going to smell it. Cause she obviously did. She did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and trying to figure out what's that smell when, and he said, well, it must be like rats in the basement or the crawl space or whatever. Uh-huh. Well, no. it was, I, I remember that it, it just, just shows you how his mind works and it, just how he could compartmentalize stuff. And he could give, he could put forth these nonsensical answers and they came to the assumption that it was, or she came to the assumption that it was several dead rats or dead mice in their crawl space. Mm-hmm. And by, and uh, John Wayne Gacy decides to solve the problem of dead, already dead rats or mice. He <laughs> says he's going to put mouse traps down there. Then okay, yeah. how, how? What? Thanks, John. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of help there, bub. But <laughs> yeah, this one uh, was the mind pretty, of a mass murderer sicko not good not good but we wanted to um we wanted to get this this episode out to the masses so to speak it's been sitting there uh, festering on the patreon page for a while yeah um our patrons seem to enjoy it uh quite a bit um as sick and gruesome as it is and as weird as it sounds we enjoyed recording it but man we felt like we had to shower immediately yeah. afterwards oh yeah yeah so, I, I had to uh wipe down with lie <laughs> Oh, God, don't even say that. Oh, man, alive. Let it sit on my body for like an hour and then try and rinse it off. <laughs> what a sight that is. Come on, everybody, just envision that right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we used to, Parts I, of me fell off. It did, it did. Yeah, don't, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't need to hear that either. So anyway. <laughs> anyhow, uh, we wanted to get this out there. We wanted to um, uh, record a brief little intro. So from what you are, what you hear from now on will be from about a month and a half ago. So you're kind of essentially time traveling, which is kind of weird and odd. And yeah, and it's a big time travel. So we hope you guys enjoy this. Again, this is just a sample of some of the awesome stuff that we have brewing on our Patreon page. Not all of it true crime, though, but 99% of it is all paranormal and cryptid based. 
and alien base. So uh, if you're into all that weird goodness, head on over to the Patreon page. You can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. You won't regret it. All right. Without any further ado, here we go. Say goodbye to John Prepare Wayne Prepare to be chill and yeah. try and peace out. Try and peace out. Say goodbye to John Wayne Gacy, Mike. Please say, just, just, just put him, put him away. Put him out of our minds. Yes, yes, yes. Hey there, ponderers of the paranormal and Patreon pals. You know where we are. This is the Paranomaly Zone. How you doing, Mike? It's good to see you. Yeah. I'm looking pretty pasty white on there. Are you? Well, this isn't the busy video episodes. You don't have to worry. Yeah, about uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's it's all right. It's just what I am. <laughs> well, that's, it's pre-summer. It is. It is. So it's, it won't uh, get any better as we get into summer anyway. So no big deal. Ah, uh, speaking of that though, man, it's been man, it's been a, a quick a quick disappearance of all of our snow here and the yeah. weather that has been just gorgeous the last couple of days and it's supposed to continue. And I have got cabin yep. fever so bad. Yep. Sixties. And, and then uh, I think Saturday, did I see where it's supposed to be like 69 here? Man. Nice. And there are people like in deep South that are like, Oh my God, I'd be wearing a sweater. Right. I know. <laughs> well, we'll be wearing shorts, shorts. and a, Yes. And a cut-off T-shirt where my belly shows. <laughs> and a pink thong just for the I'll hell of it. I'll be laying in a kiddie pool with a oh. Diet Coke. There you with your Diet Coke. I was, <laughs> I was hoping you'd think of something a little more exotic or something. Oh, you know, a, like uh, a, a lemonade a or something. A pina colada there you go. with an umbrella. How's that? That's better. That's better. <laughs> Resting on your belly, of course, as you, as yeah. you are relaxing. Or sex on the beach with oh. a long, twisty straw. That works, too. That way, whatever floats your boat, man. But like I texted you earlier today, though, I said, man, it's getting darn near ghost hunting weather. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my body is getting better for it. Um, yeah. My back is doing so much better. I mean, it's it's never going to be 100%, but it's good. I mean, it's still getting better. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be ready. Perfect. 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 Got that, uh, that white stone battlefield that we got to hit oh. pretty soon. Absolutely. I, uh, Where so many people were massacred. It's got to be some activity there. Got to be some energy there somehow, if if, if, it, if it's only re residual, but still, that's... Uh, yeah, either. You never yeah. know. So are you, the, what, are you home alone or is Mary there with you at the Mary time? is here. She okay, uh, okay, that's is what I not going to be working at all until she starts her new job on Monday. Oh my goodness gracious. Well, congratulations. Yeah, so, yeah uh, she did get that. She will be working in housekeeping at another nursing home. Aha. Just uh, much closer to home and um, yeah. better Perfect. benefits. And uh, yeah. Well, tell her congratulations for her. For from me to her. Yes, so. absolutely. I was just curious because I saw shadows moving yeah. on your wall behind you, and I was like, "Is that yeah. the dog or uh, is that Mary?" Could be the dog too. The dog is kind of well. She's laying there now. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the black shadow of a dog that she is anyway. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So, Mike, let's let's talk about it very briefly. Let's get it get uh, get to the nitty gritty of something that really cool that we did this last Monday as our patron. Yeah, it was about. way more than cool. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about it on the. Uh, the flagship podcast as well. So um, maybe we'll dive into it a little bit more then. But uh, briefly, how did that go, Mike? How do you feel about our Oh, it period? went awesome. Patrick and I actually sounded like we knew what we were talking about. And <laughs> and by the way, Chris Jericho seemed, I think he had a good time too. Yeah, besides the ice pack he had on his shoulder during the Yeah, he was ice in his arm there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he must have been. Uh, and it looked like he may have been on his tour bus, so. Yes, I think he was he's in the. probably out there beating up people and. Well, they're on tour right now. The, his band is. His band. His band tour. is, yeah. yeah but so I, you know, maybe he's pretty active on stage. So maybe he actually accidentally. Hurt oh, extremely his well. And then he's him. went right from doing a concert to actually wrestling. I mean, yeah. and doing matches because at one time he actually left his Fozzie makeup on and uh, wow, went right into wrestling. You remember that? I well, I guess I don't remember that particularly. Oh but, well, uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever i thought you were talking about yeah. like just not like this recent tour that's what oh no no ah. no but what a great guy though i mean he's so easy to talk to and yeah and fun to talk to and uh and he's, he's such a huge personality and like that exactly that just a personality that he just exudes you know confidence and and the thing is though he was genuinely interested in listening he to was him. you know it yes. we we had a conversation you know he a very great conversation i think it went a lot better than the first time we spent with him 
I agree. Um, I uh, agree. You know, like we were, well, we were in our own, own uh, atmosphere, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, our own settings at home and, you know, doing it over the computer and everything. But, um, and he did say, let us, you know, he said, come up with some, with another good topic and let's do it again. I know that's just, that's, that's so, awesome. And as long as, you know, he, as long as you sent him ideas that are interesting, you know, he's, yeah. he's open to it. And so it's, yeah, it, yeah it's, Mike, run it by run it by me again. What the hell he said? I still didn't quite grasp it, even after you explained it to me a second time. <laughs> um, what did he talk about? He has like a group of people who. Well, the way he said it, it sounded like he has people that uh, that send him ideas uh, for for shows, and and uh, um, so it was kind of like the way I took it. It's like, well, you know, so. You know, let's just be, you know, let's just send him. Hmm. I still know, don't get it. I don't send get him it. stuff <laughs> that uh, we can do on a show. I mean, see, I I just keep thinking of like when he's I, I for some reason, I, I can't wrap my mind around what he meant by that. It's like a, like yeah. he well, has like he has like a like a creative group or something. And they all well, like, just people, just people. I mean, not like it's not like, well, I, I'm overthinking he's chosen, that. you know, like uh like a number of people to be, uh, you know, <laughs> yes, well, get a hold of me. We'll do a podcast and, gotcha. you know, give me some okay. ideas. You know, it's, uh, um, there's, I think there's just people that, that do that and kind of like how we did it with him with sending him an idea. And he, he said, let's do it. <clears throat> you know, and I, I, I have to confess, I, I, uh, I'll, I, I'll, I won't reveal this on the, the flagship podcast. I'll save this for, uh, for um, our patrons here, our Patreon paranormal family, our appearance, this one came about. I mean, I've been in touch with him since our first appearance, you know, right on and off, not, not, not often, not often, you know, but if I, I've been sending him like ideas, if anything ever pops in my brain, most of 99%, he's like, yeah, that sounds great. You know, what do you know about that? Can you do an hour on it? And then, but then things just kind of fade away right. and nothing ever comes of it. It was two Saturdays ago. It was, I was flying high because my uh, my my lovely wonderful Minnesota Timberwolves just won this awesomely important playoff game, which they ended up losing the series anyways. But anyways, it was a really really exciting game that they won, and I was flying high. And yeah, I had some adult beverages. And um, after midnight, I sent yet another feeling kind of good message to, <laughs> to Jericho because this was after we had recorded our own The Haunting of Ted Bundy episode, and it wasn't. It was a very short and sweet. <clears throat> posse, hush up. I have to now. I have to tell my dog to hush up for crying out loud. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, yeah. I just sent him a quick message. I said, you know, the haunting of Ted Bundy. You know, I can't remember exactly what I said, but bizarre, creepy, and fascinating at the same time. Yada yada, something along those lines. And he actually he wrote back. He goes, "Wow, what do you guys know about that?" And I gave him a brief summary, and he goes, "Like, man, that, let's talk about. It. Can you do an hour?" And that's when it started. And then, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Nine days later, there, there we were talking to him. So. Yeah, but remember, remember from a long time ago, we talked about that. You doing drunk texts to yeah, Jericho? Jericho, that they're not. Well, be careful. I know. I, I'm very careful, <laughs> Mike. I didn't say anything stupid. Obviously, oh, I know he, you And didn't. he he responded to what I said. Yeah, so. yeah, and it came came about pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah. hey, Mike, talk for talk amongst yourself to our listeners because I have to stand up and let my dogs out because they're whining. Do. They need talk to go amongst out. ourselves. So just say something neat to the listeners for a little bit. <laughs> something neat. Okay. Well, do we do uh, as people have seen probably on our promos for tonight's episode? It's going to be another deep dive in the dark and sick and twisted. Okay, what the John he- Gain Wacy Macy? <laughs> what the hell? The did John you just say? Wayne Gacy. <laughs> wow. The John Gain Wacy. Oh, the the Juan Jane, the Juan Gain <laughs> Jacy. I know him. Yeah. The John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, you, when you were sitting down and started talking, and you just threw me way off. I'm sorry, but, but yeah, you, I just yeah, you, but yeah, panic? tonight is, today is going to be an awesome. So, would you ever be able to, in case of emergency, history. would you ever be able to host an episode on your own, Mike? Would you would you ever be able to cover uh, 45 minutes on your own? Yeah, there's. Yeah, I think I could. Okay, maybe I should. I do just that. have to do a little bit more prep for it. You want to do that this weekend? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I don't want you to either. It'll be good. It'll no. Be, it'll be fine. 
Not unless uh, you got into a very bad chainsaw accident and oh, wow. Why that specific? <clears throat> lost one of your arms or something and you just couldn't make it. Why does it have to specifically be a chainsaw? <laughs> well, interesting. <clears throat> well, I don't know. I just... Okay. It could be a Bowie knife. Well, okay. Or a David Bowie <laughs> knife, as my mom yeah. still pronounces his yeah. last name. Oh, you went to the David Bowie concert, huh? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but we do want to we do want to mention that if there were people that were, um, you know, on on our Patreon that are that are so desperately waiting for our next celebrity episode. Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. have to we have to reschedule Stormy Daniels' interview. Yeah. We we're going to talk with her uh, tomorrow, actually. I had scheduled this back in February with with Stormy, and she seemed excited. And she was about excited it. about doing. She it. was, she was, and then I reached out to her about ten days ago just to double check, say, "Hey, are we still good to go?" Hadn't heard from her, so I wrote back again last night, and I got a fairly immediate response. She's like, oh, "All apologies, I'm sorry, we're going to have to reschedule because I'm filming a TV show on location that day." So yeah, so I'm like, "Oh, that's whatever. That's fine. That's <laughs> absolutely cool. We'll reschedule." Yeah, and you texted that to me, and I was like, who the hell does she think she yeah, is? right. <laughs> what is more important? Her. And obviously, I will answer for her. Filming on location, doing a TV show. Right. Yeah. Her living, her, her yes. supporting herself or yeah. talking to us. us, uh, us For free. I was trying to <laughs> think of a kind of rude name to call ourselves, but I didn't want to say anything too Yeah, specific. but uh, rescheduling will be done, and yeah. we'll very much look forward to talking to her. So, Mike, um, I think I heard you say about you were talking about Juan Gain Macy and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> after just talking about the haunting of Ted Bundy with Mister um, Mister Mister Jericho, and I was, as I told Mike on Monday, I was like, I'm I'm ready to expunge Bundy from my mind. You know, it'll, I mean, it'll never happen because I know I I oh my god, I sound way yeah. too. Yeah, I was going to sound way too arrogant, I'll, but I I have too much Bundy on my brain anyways. When yeah, it comes it's to, like peanut butter on the roof of a dog's uh, mouth. No, so it's like <laughs> it's like uh, Bundy on the skull yeah. cap. <laughs> just can't but you know what? You know what though? Let's just continue on with some sick and twisted. And you know what? It when it comes to sick and twisted, right there at the top is Mister John Wayne Gacy. Um, yeah. This title is simply called the crawl space because I do want to fo- I want to focus on that. I mean, we'll we'll hit some of the some of the sad facts about it, but chances are you're you're aware of you know, for lack of a better term, the numbers, you know, and the locale and the scenery mm-hmm. and the situation. But I just want to talk about that crawl space, yeah. man. And just and there's, the psychology. there's not a whole lot of paranormal. Um, well, no, absolutely that is not. Associated with this, but um, Hey, but you did but, say that there was something I, that you thought I did. I found something where, you know, it's psychics talking, um, you know, and we don't know these psychics. We don't know what the um, story of it is. But there is a theater in Illinois that that is. um, You said you said you said a theater, a movie theater um, that is in Illinois that uh, uh, supposedly there's a spirit that haunts the place. And I believe it was psychics that said, yes, he does go by the name of John. Okay, and this spirit appears as a clown, a very leering kind of clown that uh, mm-hmm. very freaky. Just and you know why he would be in this theater, they haven't uh, come up with anything about that. But it uh, hmm. seems that it's a possibility that John Wayne Gacy's ghost, dressed as a clown, haunts this theater. Where is the leering theater? at people? Where is the theater located? Do you know that off the top of your head? I don't know. It's just that I, it just, oh, I'm sorry. I just have Illinois. You oh, know, well, it, it Illinois. could very well be in Chicago where a lot, you know, sure. this, you know, well, as we talked about with, with the haunting of Bundy, you know, we, we dove into, you know, the idea of, you know, ghosts aren't exactly in the same dimension as us pals. You know, they're not, <laughs> they're not right. like, they're not um, locked in in one location. It doesn't have to make sense as to why they're at one particular spot, you know, during multiple, exactly, occasions, yeah. multiple occasions, different times. Um, but man, John, John Wayne Gacy, Mike, you have memories. If I believe, if I recall correctly, we've talked about this briefly before you have memories of seeing this all go down on TV of people bringing those bodies out of the house. 
when you were watching them on television as a fairly younger man. <clears throat> no, that was actually the Amityville occurrence. That was the Amityville one? Are you sure? Yeah. I remember seeing that on the news when that first happened. Damn it. Okay, I could have swore you said that it was the John Wayne well, Gacy one. you know, and there's no reason why I couldn't have. Um, I mean, he, you hmm. know, he was well, forget arrested I, in 78. Forget I, mean, I, geez. forget I said that. For, oh, no, no, that's okay. I mean, totally forget um, it. I'm going to edit this whole this whole episode now. Oh, I'm, no. Because now I'm feeling dumb. No need. <laughs> no need. No need. Okay, <laughs> well, let me rephrase that. Mike, you have absolutely no recollection of watching this on television. Uh, no you know, recollection I, of... Not right off the top of my head, I don't. Okay. But, you know, but 1978, uh, I was well, well old enough to... Hmm. You know, I don't know why I don't recall it because, uh, well, I, I hated watching the news at that time. Oh, that's true. I didn't catch it on the news. Um, my dad always watched news faithfully, but you know what? Like um, that, that, if anything, that's that's proof positive that we really do just go off the top of our heads. Ninety so yeah, percent of yeah. this of of this stuff. Yeah. Here. So that was. I a very distinctly remember in the seventies when all of the Tylenol had to be taken off the shelves because somebody was taking them and opening up the capsules and putting cyanide in the capsules and putting them back on the shelves. Good Lord Almighty. That was that was quite an event. I've never even heard of that. Was that person ever really? apprehended? That's actually what started the whole uh, safety sealed bottles. Oh, I suppose. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And safety caps and everything. Because before that, you could go to a store, take a bottle of Tylenol, open it up, and shake them around and look at them in there. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So. Yeah, you know, I still have problems with those safety caps. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're a struggle every now and then. It's like, they work. Damn it. They sure work. Well, okay. Let me, let me, let me think of another way to start it off here with a question to you, Mike. How do you feel about the whole clown persona when it comes to Mr. John Wayne Gacy? <laughs> is that, I mean, well, Long-time listeners, ding, 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 know how you feel about clowns. Yep, there it is. Ding, ding, very, very faint, very, very faint, dingy, dingy bell. We all know how you feel about clowns, but how does Pogo, as he went by, or Patches? Yes, Pogo or Patches. I think one of them was, one of those personas was more of a kind of a lower-key, grumpier clown than the other mm. one. How like does Pogo. that, does that, for you personally, does that add to the John Wayne uh, mystique. I mean, obviously it does, but I should say well, it, it does a whole does lot, it? actually. I mean, I can't stand it because I mean, but I can't, I don't like it. But, uh, you know, when I see that, you know, and, and doing research for this, of course, just like the Bundy, I can, I could close my eyes and see this face, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, it's like when I look at a close up of his face with the makeup on, it's like I can see through that makeup so clearly. Mm. I can see John Wayne Gacy's face. Like to for me, he's not hiding himself right. with this makeup. I mean, I can literally see his see him through this. I mean, it's it's like it's not enough to hide who or what he he was. He it just adds to like this this freak trying to, you know just trying to hide, be a master of disguise, which to me, he wasn't, he, he was just a, a freak of nature. Yeah. He had very prominent eyebrows. I mean, he, he, even, yeah. even as in that big, huge red smile. Yeah. You know, well, <laughs> well, just like when you, when I'm picturing John Wayne Gacy's face, the eyebrows are what pop out to me because it's almost like he's in a constant scowl and they look, yeah. I mean, they just oh, look, yeah. they look devilish themselves. You know, it's, yeah. you know, it, for me, the clown persona, and I'm going to be really frank, and you can be, you can still be Mike, but I'm going to be frank. Um, All right. <laughs> bada bing. The clown thing is, to me, overplayed when it comes to John Wayne Gacy, because I think mm -hmm. too many people believe that he used this persona to kind of like cover up who he really was. Right. He used this persona <clears throat> as a disguise. He used this to lure little kids to their dooms, and that that's not. Yeah, how, but he denied doing that, though. Well, he, I, I don't think that there's any real evidence that he did. He, right. he did. It was like a, it was a legit side job of his. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. He, he talked about that he loved doing it. He loved clowning. Clowning. Which using that term just, mm -hmm. you know, 
as a, as a career term, it just bothers me. He was, yeah. it, it's called clowning, Clown. Ew. but you know, but he, <laughs> Mike's he, got uh, the shivers. I can just see him. <laughs> yeah. But in a, in a, um, uh, an interview that I was watching with him, he said, uh, cause he was asked if, if he used that as, you know, any kind of a lure. And he said, no, it's right. like, he really enjoyed doing that. He, he felt like he could, uh, he could just let loose or, or be, he said another it, character, you know, but he only did it like twice a month. Right. He said it relaxed you know, him. That's what and it said. relaxed him. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and, he, and he also said, you know, um, it, it's in that interview that I saw, he actually said, you know, it's it, we, I would play tricks on them and, and they would love it. But, you know, not like using the handcuffs or anything on them. Yeah. Sure. But he did. That's one of the things in the tricks that he played on the little kids that they he said they loved would you know get the the handcuffs slipped on him or tie their hands and you can't get out of this yeah he did that with little kids and the same thing that he did with his victims right he he with with the trust they had in him he got them to let me show you this trick and if he got the handcuffs on them you were gone they were dead at that point Absolutely. already and and if they he didn't get the the cuffs on them they got away yeah, it's, you know, he had that trick down, man, you know, and half the time, one of the things he loved doing, you know, he, he'd perform the trick himself, you know, he, mm-hmm. he'd bring, this is, go, this is generally speaking what he, what he did. He would, you know, bring his victims back to his, his house. Uh, they'd usually, he'd usually ply them with drugs or alcohol or whatever. And they're always younger boys, yeah. young boys, teenagers. Young boys are young men. Yeah, yeah. Um, why is, I just got, um, um, why does this say that I, the meeting's going to run out in nine minutes? Oof. That's not right. <laughs> hmm. Um, well, Hey Mike, let's dive into the meat of this. Cause I'm just getting okay. going on this. So I'm going to pause right now. I'm going to end this call and then call you back. Okay. I don't know why this is doing this. Zoom better not be making me pay for this crap. Cause that's going to make me mad. <laughs> Yeah. So um, hold on, boys and girls. We shall return. We're going to time travel. I'm going to call Mike back during our time traveling excursions, and we shall dive into the psycho world, the psychotic realm that Mr. John Wayne Gacy dwelled in. Don't go anywhere. And we have returned after yet another successful time traveling excursion. Okay, Mike, as I was saying, hopefully we don't have the time limit on us again. Yeah. You know, after luring his his victims in, these young boys, young teenagers, young men, oftentimes, you know, he would, you know, they'd get the free drugs, the free booze from Mr. John Wayne Gacy, and uh, John would eventually say, hey, you know, let me, I want to perform a trick, this handcuff trick. And he'd say, you know, he'd put the handcuffs on himself, and he would, like, turn away, kind of hide what he was doing, and then all of a sudden, bam, magic. He would free himself from the handcuffs and he'd say, you know, there is a trick to it. Now, do you want to try it? I'll show you how it's done. And unfortunately, a lot of these young men, you know, they totally innocent, totally, uh, they're not, sus- you know, suspecting anything. Yeah, sure. Why not? We're having a good time. Get the handcuffs put on. Them. And then at that moment, John would basically, not that he wasn't evil already, but he would give him that stare and he says the key or the trick, the answer to the trick is you need a key and he had mm-hmm. the key and then it was, you know, all and, downhill. From right. There. And then after he'd have them trapped in the handcuffs, he would put a rope around their neck, a mm-hmm. type of noose with a knot in it. And uh, he would put a stick in there and turn it and slowly tighten it. Yep. Yep. Very slowly tightening it. Just, part of the torture that he would start with these guys. Yeah. And one of the reasons, one of the things that he used to uh, make it, make it seem like, you know, he was more trustful that they felt more comfortable with him is when they would, he would get them to his house. He would actually show a picture of him with Rosalind Carter. Right. Right. And uh, like, Oh, look at here. I mean, I, you know, former president, Jimmy Carter's wife, because he, John liked to think of himself as a, as kind of a not a high roller, but he he definitely portrayed himself as like an aspiring big guy in town type thing. You know, yeah. he had well, all he, the connections. He had all the politicians he, on his side. Yeah, the politicians, uh, the the whole clown thing. Um, 
uh, a, a successful businessman, married, mm-hmm. children, um, you know, which helped him get away with, with things as long as they did because, you know, people would complain about, you know, John Wayne Gacy. It's like, oh, he did this or that. And it's like the uh, police or whatever started looking into his background. It's like, oh, this couldn't be. You can't, yeah. You must be referring but, to someone else. Yeah. Right. I mean, look at looking at all these wonderful things he does in his life. But I mean, he, he was arrested in 1964 for his first assault on a, on a, on a child. Is that the, uh, the sodomy charge you're referring the to? The sodomy, the oral sodomy charge. Yeah. With an underage, underage uh, kid. I believe the child was 15 when he was 26, if I recall correctly on that one. And uh, yeah, he was sentenced to ten years of like kind of essentially a, uh, a reform. I don't know if he can't even call it a prison, but but he got out uh, only after a year and a half because he was a model uh, sure. model prisoner inmate, whatever you want to call him. He was what he portrayed himself as, yeah. or what he wanted to. Yeah, well, you know, and he, like I said, he was the big guy around town. You know, people he'd walk into a bar and people'd say, "John." you know everyone would gravitate towards yeah. him and it what you know eventually when when and we'll get to this uh, uh later on when he was the prime suspect after the robert peace disappearance and the police really started narrowing down on john wayne gacy to the point where they set a 24-hour patrol on him that would follow him everywhere that he went he couldn't go anywhere without police behind him trailing him and he knew that and he would he walk it. by the cop car and say yeah. hi guys right just go into the store and they'd lead him to bars and they'd all go in the bars and they sat there and they would they drink together the cops yeah. and john and he'd sit there and he'd put on this big show and he'd say you know like you know i know you guys are following me i know you have the job to do but i'm just telling you right now i've got someone on my side that is he could blow you away at any moment if you do anything. You know, he's and he's full of shit and stuff, but he's telling the cops that he's got his own guys behind who's backing him up and and he'd lead them on all night chases. They'd hit every bar in town, every stop, and he eventually lost it though, because even if you were mm-hmm. innocent, which he obviously wasn't, even if you're innocent, wouldn't you go nuts, Mike, if you were constantly trailed by authority yeah, it figures? Yeah, get on the nerves, and it finally did with him until yeah. that was his undoing. It was. When he when he lost it on that last time, going by the cops and and going off on him that time. He just, and that's that was the end of that. Oh, there's, you know, we have such limited time here. You know, we highly encourage you guys. There is one thing, if you, if you want kind of like the Cliff Notes version of of uh, the John Wayne Gacy story. You can watch that three-part series on Netflix, the Gacy, uh, conversations with the killer, the John Wayne, you know, the t- uh, taped conversations with John Wayne Gacy. They're, it's utterly fascinating. Mike, I know you need to watch that too. It's I it's do. it's creepy and disturbing, but it's it's fascinating. Uh, a book that I happen to have listened to three times now, and it's like I need to stop listening to it, is called Killer Clown. It's written by Terry Sullivan, who was the lead prosecutor in the uh, Gacy case. And one of the investigators in the Gacy case, uh, lurid, lurid details are f- just fill that book, and it's it's disturbing, yeah. and you feel icky when you when you listen to it. But I don't, it's, I'm still trying to get Bundy's face out of my I mind know, when I close my eyes. I know, I got you. <laughs> I got you. So you know, uh, some some of the brief facts. John Wayne Gacy was eventually convicted of murdering 33 people, 33 young men and boys. I believe, Mike, 26 of those victims were found in the crawl space. Three right. others were found on his property. I think one was in his shed. One was out in the under a cement slab where he was going to be putting in like a, a grill of some sort. Yeah, four of them were found in the Des Plaines River. Yes, yes, the Des Plaines River is where he threw his final four victims, including Robert Peace, who was found in April later that year. He was arrested in December and four months later, they finally found Robert Peace's uh, body. He had finally risen to the surface of the of the river. The cold uh, temperatures of the river, unfortunately, preserved his body so well that it didn't fill with gaseous. You know, it didn't fill with the, the human gases that would make him bloat and float to the surface because uh. it was preserving his body. And so it took four months before that finally happened, and he finally rose to the surface, and they were able to find him and identify him. Now, now that kind of sounds like something, uh, let's see, I don't, I don't know why, the, and this is really sick in itself, and I, yeah. I'm not a sick man, but <laughs> this popped in my head. It's like when you said boat and float, 
bloat and float. Um, I was like, <laughs> I did. Um, it's like something you'd find on a on a menu. Like I'll have the number nine, the the bloat and float, <laughs> the bloat and float, and not <laughs> not necessarily in that order, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sounds like a like a like a DQ brazier oh, thing. Gross. No. <laughs> I'll have the bloat and the float I'll, after. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. That's exactly uh, right. Go, hey, come on up to the counter. I'll get you a bloat and float. <laughs> <laughs> bloat and floats. I like Ooh. that. Oh, anyway. my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. No, we're, sick. We're, not, sick, sick, sick. we're not being flippant by any means about you. Know, yes. This. And five victims actually have not even been identified as of yet. Yeah. Yep. I think so. I think three after the initial excavation. I think there were eight who were unidentified, and they mm-hmm. have been able to, through modern DNA right, uh, practices, the DNA, yeah. they've been able to identify, like you said, three, but there's still five who... And hopefully the five will be that, you know, yeah. give some families some closure and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. horrible, yeah. Now, is there an aspect, and I want to get into the crawl space, Mike, we have to talk about the crawl yes. space. Is there an aspect about John Wayne Gacy that, to you, that sets him apart from all other serial killers? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I mean, they're all, they're all similar, obviously, because they all deserve to burn in hell, but they yeah. all, they all had their MO. Yeah. And they, they, they all they, have their own personalities about what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, John Wayne Gacy, he, uh, I don't know if, if he sets himself aside by, he, he tries to, you know, a lot of them talk about themselves in the third person and, yeah. And he, he goes so far as to say that, uh, you know, I have studied photographs of all of these people, you know, meaning his victims, not ever saying oh. people that he's killed. Mm-hmm. But um, and he said, I don't know any of them. I don't recognize any of them. Yeah. They don't. There's nothing that I, that's familiar to me about any of them. I've known none of them. And for 12 years, I've been studying these these people. And I've gone so far as to uh, uh, dig into their backgrounds of uh of who they were and and what they did, what they did for fun, where they hung out and mm-hmm. what, what they, you know, digging into all of his victims lives and finding every little aspect about it, which I wouldn't let him do because that to me, he's, it's just some sick thing on his mind that he's, he's just continuing on with what he's done to these victims. He's fantasizing in that manner. You know, he's, he's escaping, you know, again, by yeah. learning about all these, these victims, yeah. you know, and he, saying that almost, he, he knows none of them. That's bullshit to me. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like bringing him more joy somehow. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm sure that he sees these victims as Ola in his mind. He's going, I remember that one. And I remember just how he twitched. Oh, sure. Absolutely, you know? man. You know, and he's living this stuff and loving it. You know, in a, his a, mind. A, a, a sad fact about his final murder and all of them are tragic. A sad fact about his final murder of, of 15 year old Robert Peast the one that ultimately brought him to justice was after he had the, I don't want, I keep thinking tourniquet, but it's not a tourniquet. There's a name for the, the, the type of noose he, he actually used. Around yeah. It's just a simple scout knot, but he, he sure. described it as a tourniquet because you'd twist it okay. and twist it yeah. until it tightened. Well, when he had Robert pieced to the point of where Robert knew that he was going to die basically and in tears, John Wayne Gacy's phone rang, and in mm. the middle of strangling Robert Peast, he let him go, let Robert Peast fall to the ground, still being strangled, asphyxiated, while John just ho-hum nonchalantly walked to the kitchen and spoke on the phone to whoever it was, whomever it was. Yeah. And he says when he came back, Robert was dead. Yeah. And he's just like, well, you know, that's just what it was. Yeah, and John is so twisted too. He, in so many different ways, he blamed the victims. A lot of ways, he said the victims killed themselves. Right, exactly. You know, because and, and, yeah, go ahead, Mike. You're and he would he would describe them as just punk losers, gays, yeah. which he himself was gay, obviously, but he was a homophobic gay. He was absolutely, and you know what? Yeah. I, I brought brought this up with Bridget. He was John Wayne was born John Wayne. John Wayne Gacy was his father was a very strict. Yeah, person called and, him a sissy all the time and really and, put him down all the time. And you know, uh, uh, allegedly, apparently, and more than likely, very abusive. And he was an alcoholic. Sure. And he uh, emotionally, if anything, abused John Wayne Gacy. And John Wayne never, no matter what he did, he never ever lived up to what his father wanted him right. to be. No matter what. No matter yeah. what. 
And I was talking about this with Bridget the other day. And John was totally raised under the belief that homosexuality was terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And when he comes to the realization that he himself is a homosexual, but yet he can't shed what he's been taught, he essentially starts hating himself, taking that mm-hmm. inner hatred out on other homosexuals right. and believing he's doing the world a justice while at the same mm-hmm. time getting his rocks off. Yeah. And he is so warped, he'd say, like, you know, there's three types of sexuality. There's homosexuality, there's heterosexuality, there's bisexuality. No, the three types of love. That's what he called it. He described it as love. And he mm-hmm. says, but the w- way I look at it is, though, I'm not homosexual because I didn't love any of them. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not yeah. homosexual because, you know, it's it's just like it's just like masturbation. It's just like, you know, you're doing something, you know, there's no feeling, there's no love there. So he obviously did not think of his victims as anything other than objects. I mean, literally, right. literally yeah. objects. Just, yeah, that's right. And uh, Inhuman. Uh, utterly, utterly. They were inhuman. So what, what, I mentioned, what, I, what I mentioned to Bridget, though, I'm finally getting there, is that do you think that, and I'm not making any excuses for John Wayne Gacy at all, no, no shape or manner at all, but if he was raised during a time when homosexuality, like nowadays when homosexuality was widely accepted for you know it's getting it's getting there it's still it's mm-hmm. still looked down upon by far not, too many people not enough but it's not enough getting there it's, it's getting there though it's way better than it was in his day <clears throat> right way, if he grew up in a time that was more accepting would he have gone down that path what do you think mike mm, that's a good question i think he was uh, he was sick and twisted enough to where something was going to happen. I mean, I don't think that was the only reason that he did what he did. Right. That wasn't the only catalyst. But it was definitely a contributing factor for sure. Yeah. You know, know, it's impossible to answer. It's impossible to answer. But who knows? Yeah, it's something to ponder. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, Mm -hmm. Mike, I want to get into the psychology of burying bodies up to the point where you literally run out of room in your crawl space what is going it. what is going on upstairs mike there's something there that that makes made i believe that made him feel that he was carrying on what he did let's keep them close mm. let's keep them close i mean they're right there where 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 they're 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 hidden you know they're just right under my feet and even when he blew up at the cops and said come in the house and look around there's nothing to find he was so confident in what he did that, you know, it was it was a it's probably part of a thrill for him to have them that close under his feet. Yeah, you know, and but even though the stink, the smell of rot was still permeating into the house. I mean, mm-hmm. his wife at the time uh, um, uh, kept asking, "What's that smell?" And yeah. and he would say, "Well, it's like a dead animal got under the house or something." And then she started finding clothes and wallets from his victims in the house and, and he, she would ask about that. And, and uh, you know, that's another thing, his victims clothes and um, underwear that obviously didn't belong to him yeah. and their wallets in the house, you know, keeping that stuff close and she, enough to where she found them. And then when she started asking about that, she, he would just tell her to mind her own business. Yeah. And then after that, she left and thankfully well, he- she left and, even when he was, even when he was, uh, you know, people faced him with that fact. He was like, why do, you, why do you have this driver's license from a 16-year-old boy? Why do you have, you know, all these little trinkets and stuff? And he literally would tell them, well, it came from some dead guy. Yeah. And I guess he's trying to come across as so flippant kind of. That's like, yeah. oh, but he's literally telling them the truth right there. You know, it, yeah. it did. It, it came from some dead guy. One of your victims, you asshole. Um, part of all these things that should have put him away long before yeah. he was. You know, when the, so uh, many things. When the police first started you know, narrowing down on John Gacy and the first time they visited him at his house when he was their lead suspect, he had quite literally just murdered Robert Peace uh, the night before or two nights before. Yeah. And he was still in the house when the investigators were there. He mm-hmm. shoved him up in the attic at that point. And Jeez. And he just sits there and casually talks to the investigators. He said that he was, you know, such and such place because his his uncle had died and he has been he was at the hospital and he's trying. He's like, why can't you guys mourn the dead, respect the dead, you know, because his family member just died. And mm-hmm. you know, he's being manipulative, manipulative. Yep, obviously. very. Yep. 
one thing that I had, uh, 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 one of his non sequiturs, you know, stuff that just makes no sense. Like when we were talking about when the, his wife would notice odor and they said, well, there must be a dead animal under there. And she, and she, at one point she said, well, I think there's a, a ton of dead rats or dead mice. There has to be dead mice. And he, but, but his non sequitur answer was, okay, well, I'll set traps. Well, how, what do traps matter if they're already dead there, John? Sure. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. He didn't think that one through. No. And, you know, we're, we're going all over the place here. I realize that. Um, but I want to get as much in as we can. When the investigators were at his house another time, it might have, it might have been that same night. No, it was a different night. And the, yeah. Like one the of second them, time they came or the, other, the next time they came. The next time they came and one of them, you know, they were trying to check out the house because they had heard about, so, the first time they were, they were there, they had seen this Motorola, Motorola television in John's bedroom or, and that had come up as matching a missing as a matching a missing yep. Motorola television and, and a radio uh, yeah. and something else. I mean, a bunch Can't of odd think, things like, yeah. why, you know, you have these and these have been reported missing, you know, but anyhow. And so they want, they needed to get in there to try and get the matching serial number model number from this TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if it matched this missing reported stolen TV, then they had more evidence right there. So when this investigator was trying to go and sneak into his bedroom to get a picture of that, to write down the the, the model number, uh, he kind of panicked and he saw one number and he he got it down by memory. It wasn't well lit and he, he didn't want John to notice him. Long story short, when he ended up revealing the number to the other investigators, he had memorized the wrong number. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it geez. didn't help him. But after that, after he left his room, he went to the bathroom, relieved himself in the bathroom, and when he flushed the toilet, the heater came on in yeah. the bathroom, and that's when he got nailed the smell. with this smell. But he initially thought that he goes, oh, well, he obviously has some sort of problem with his uh, his piping down there. There must be a leak where we're getting some gaseous kind of um, sewage-type smells that are being sucked into the house. There's a di- big difference between the smell of sewage yeah. and yeah. the smell of rotting yes. dead people. Yes, there is. There absolutely. I know that. I know the smell of both. <laughs> you know, and it, it's you know, upon describing that smell to other investigators, they you know it really kind of irked their curiosity or piqued their curiosity, I should say, and they all started thinking about it. And yeah, that. I think it was. I think they all realized that that smell was something other than just sewage, like you just said. Right. Now those bodies down there. That's also some form form of possession. Obviously, he doesn't want to get rid of them. Kind of like you right. said, Mike. Now, as uh, which one thing that differs that differs between Bundy and Gacy, Ben Bundy thoroughly enjoyed returning to his victims' dead bodies a week after the event when they're already decomposing and still having his way with them. Right. I don't, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, I don't think John, if he did, he never talked about it. I don't think he ever had sex with the dead bodies. Am I, I wrong? Did, I did come across a list of uh, psychological um uh, the um, uh, diagnosis that okay. that he was diagnosed with. Okay. One of them was necrophilia. Necrophilia. Okay. Okay. So that would say, yeah, that would he def- did. Yes, that would say he did. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking that he just ne- he always denied it. Well, he denied everything up until the he last. Did. Yeah, he did. And he he always backtracked though, Mike, because at other points he did confess. He did confess to his lawyer during. One night when he's fi- when he was finally uh, arrested or before he was arrested and he was uh, he was a suspect, but he knew that the walls were caving in on him. He can, he called in his lawyer and he laid it on him that he said that he has killed all these these kids. Mm-hmm. But then of course he retracts all the stories and then it gets mm-hmm. to the fence where he said, "Well, he's uh, he was insane. He was insane thirty three times during his life apparently where he killed yeah. all these people and yada yada yada." And we won't get into the specifics of that. But it's it's. As far as just the more the morbid nature of these rotting human corpses in the crawl space, right below your feet, I mean, and this isn't like a basement that's ten feet deep. This is a crawl space. No, it's that's just a crawl space. Yeah, literally a crawl space. You have to walk around on your belly down there, basically crawl around mm. on your belly. He had some of his younger coworkers, his employees, would he'd hire them every now and then to come in and dig more holes. 
in his crawl space, but he wouldn't tell them why. And he'd mm-hmm. give them very specific locales as to where to dig. And if they started going astray from where yeah. he told them to, boy, oh boy, did they get it from from Mister? Well, Casey. of course, because he doesn't. He didn't want them digging up bodies that were already yep. down there. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> One of the more uh, descriptive and disturbing incidents is when one of the investigators who was brought in specifically to start digging when everything was starting to go down. He knew something was happening. He knew something was down there when one of the holes... By the way, he had a sump pump down there that was constantly, constantly running, and he always said that it was that's half the problem because there's so much water down there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, it was very moist. It was muck. It was just a complete, utter, disgusting mess. Well, yeah, it's like... like uh you know, your bodies start liquefying after. Yes. Oh God! You know. Well, that's one of the as part of their decomposure, mm-hmm. decom decomposition. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, well, this this digger, this investigator here, he said that one the one thing that gave him an idea or gave him the motive to continue digging further in this one location is when his light passed over this little puddle of water. You know, towards the edge of the of the foundation over there, he saw hundreds, if not thousands, of red jiggling little worms mm-hmm. that were on the surface of the muck there. That all immediately, when the light shone on them, they all boom, just dove under the water. Yeah. And he says, "What are they feeding on there? There's yeah. something under there. There has, has to be something there." And lo and behold, bam! That's where it all started. And yeah. Um. From. Uh, one of the accounts that I read uh, was when they actually came across this trap door that went down to the crawl space. I think it was in the kitchen or something. Yes. Uh, and uh, it was in a closet. Uh, it was in the closet. The closet by the kitchen. Yep. Something like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, this detective opened it and looked down there and he told one of his people to go check it out down there. And uh, this guy went down in there and he started crawling around and uh, the tech detective in the room standing by the opening said he heard the uh, uh, other detective down in the hole saying, there are children down here. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Not good. No, it's, yep. uh, gosh, it, I, it's, it's one of those, it's like a, tr- a car wreck. You just don't want to look, but you can't help yourself. So this is like, I don't want to talk about it, but I can't help myself. Well, you, you know, it's, to- a, it's, it's one of those things in, in history that um, will never be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll never be totally buried. And it's, it's things that, that we have to keep in the back of our mind over history to, to just, just know where we've come from. And hopefully, hopefully we get past it and, yeah. and don't have this kind of thing, but I, I just think it's always going to be there. I, you know, in one form or another, mm-hmm. like, like, um, like when we were talking to, to Chris Jericho and, and he was like, well, why is there not so many serial killers now compared to back then? Yeah. You know, uh, is it because of technology that, um, is so up on this stuff and they're caught easily, you know, was his, his, uh, thoughts, which makes total sense. Oh, sure. And, but I was like, well, yeah, but you know, are there not any out there or have they just not been caught yet? And they, you know, basically what I was meaning is, do they keep up with technology? Do they keep yeah. one step ahead of it? They're you know, using technology to their they're advantage. They're using, yes. And, and uh, you know, how many thousands of people a year in this country alone go disappear? They disappear. Yeah. They go missing and are never found. How many yeah. of those could be serial killer victims? You know, um, it just goes on and on. Um and it could change with the times. Yeah, we also, <sighs> you know, and, and Chris brought up a conversation he had with a psychologist that he brought up a good point where, yeah, there's still serial killers out there, but instead of killing 36 people over a decade like right. Bundy, Bundy did, they go to Las Vegas and murder 40 people in the one night mass exactly. shooting. Exactly. Um, it's that, and I kind of inferred, I said, yeah, it's that. I guess it goes for serial killers too. We're in the we're living in the age of instant gratification. It's mm-hmm. like they can't even serial killers need to do it all now, now, now. You know, right? 
Uh, some gross facts, Mike. Uh, some gross descriptions. I don't know why the hell I'm thinking about this. I think I think I have to talk about it so I can forget about it for for a little bit. Like you said, you know, a couple of the bodies upon being exposed to air, you know what happens to those bodies after they've been buried under the the dirt and the soil and muck for so long. Uh, one of the investigators said that upon being exposed to the air, the body immediately began to balloon, swell mm-hmm. up, and he had to cut a hole into his abdomen to release the gas. Right. Um, I just, I, I cannot fathom that job. And well, being able to go home <laughs> at night. And they hardly, this was during the yeah. Christmas holiday season. Yeah. Yeah. It's such things that they, it's things that they would never forget. Uh-uh. The worst that I've dealt with that is is when a colostomy bag gets full of gas. Oh my god! To the point of bursting, and then you have to what they say, how they say it, burp it, burp it. Oh Lord, it's Almighty. like a huge bag of fart, but boy, it's a billion times worse. Good golly, Miss Molly! <laughs> so if you think of gases like that building up, building up, building up, and with heat and and then uh, when it's exposed there, it gets to the point of it, it bursting. I, I can't imagine how much worse that would be. And when I've done this with colostomy bags, you have to clear the room. And on your way out, you spray whatever you uh, yes. have yes. available. <laughs> you know, I, got, I got the nine-minute warning again, Mike, but we're coming up on an hour anyway. So that's really they'll, they'll work fine, I guess. Well, you but better this, check into that. This is irritating me because that's going to really screw up our length for our normal episodes here. Or not our yeah. normal ones for our... Well, I, you know, maybe it won't because we've been splitting them into two parts anyways. But uh, yeah. another quick gross fact. Sorry. We have nine, nine minutes ago. Okay. Uh, one, one body where they're really, really struggling to remove it from the dirt. They just couldn't, they couldn't move it at all. Mm-hmm. They removed, they were able to, um, well, I think the head may have actually fallen off. They were able to remove the skull, but they couldn't get anything else out of it. And the one investigator said, well, I just took a deep breath. I mean, he, he had gloves on. That's about it. Sure. And he reached underneath the body, the back of the ribs, and it was still had flesh on it, putrefied flesh on it. Mm-hmm. And he said, I just had to stick my fingers, shove them through the flesh the remaining yeah. putrid flesh to get him in between the back rib cages, and then I just heaved and yeah. it just came out with a you know suction yeah. sound. And oh, it's horrifying! I just can't ha- imagine. You have to have like hazmat suits on. And they didn't like, like that. They yeah. didn't do that. that they didn't, then. but nowadays they would. I mean, you have oh, people 100%. that you know they are totally covered, and I still wouldn't be able to handle it. I, and, you I, know, you know, it was mentioned in that book that I that I that I've listened to. That you know, it might come across as callous to some people, but these officers, these investigators, the, this excavation team, they were doing this over a course of days and days, and they were so emotionally moved by this. They mm-hmm. they all resorted to sick, morbid senses of humor or acts of yeah. humor just well, to try it, and keep a, themselves sane. Yeah, it's a defense mechanism that kicks in. Oh, oh, gosh, yeah, 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 definitely. And you know the the when the news teams got wind of what was happening, they were there every night when they were pulling out the bodies. I mean, night after night after night, it was on the news, you know, six more bodies removed from the Gacy murder house, five more tonight, six more tonight. You know, it, I can't imagine like that was 78. So I was two years old. So I have absolutely have no recollection of it. But if you were there and you were um, aware of what was going on, perhaps watching on the news, that's something that will be embedded in your brain, in your mind forever. I just can't imagine. Yeah. You know, that's something that unforgettable in a terrible way. Um, no, I, I was what, 16, but I, I, I swear I must've totally <laughs> hey, that's missed fine, every man. bit of it on the news. <laughs> like you said, you were, you were probably at that uh, roller skating rink that we took the kids to the other yep, day. So. <laughs> got stone went to the roller skating rink. <laughs> I was, jo- I was joking with Bridget about that too. It's like, man, I'm looking around this, it's like, yep, this totally has a 60s, 70s vibe to it still. I can just picture a long-haired Mike standing over in oh, the yeah. corner over there. with yeah. his with Parted his, down the middle and tint, feathered on the sides of my hair, way down. Tinted uh, tinted eyeglasses on, you know, and standing. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, with your hands in your pockets is leaning on the rails. Yep. Oh, yeah, t- taking in the scene. Dance, oh, yeah. Dancing under the disco ball. Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah, the disco ball. That was there. Gosh, Mike, you know, especially with the interruption of this time limit thing, I feel like we didn't get anywhere near i wanted to but we're gonna have to call it short here we got five minutes to go 
All right. Maybe we did okay. How do we do? I this? think we did great. Uh, you know, I wish we could have dug into more because there's so much more we could dig into on this. Well, how, know, how about part a, two? There's a part two. There's always I'm not a part done two. Done with the nightmare yet? <laughs> well, is there anything? We have six minutes left, Mike. Do you have any final thoughts? Anything else that you wanted to to say that we didn't well, get to? You know, you know, we talked about the evil of Ted Bundy and the the demonic and the uh, whatever went along with that. Um, what Gacy did was was every bit as horrifying, torturous, uh, and and mm-hmm. disgusting and evil. But I still have to say that the evil, the true evil still belongs to Ted Bundy. Yeah, and you, you know, know what? And that's the, that's an awesome tease for everyone to listen to tune into the Jericho episode. Absolutely. Because- I mean the 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 level of of uh of just evil and the possibility of, of a demonic entity or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. Gacy, he, like I said, everything just as evil, bad, grotesque, torturous, horrifying and sick. But I, it was more of a, of, of him and, and what he wanted to do in a psychopathic thing, yeah. you know, that pure evil. And he was so, I don't, but, I don't but, feel that with him. It's just the sick and twisted. He is the pure, he had literally no feelings. John right. Gacy. Right. I mean, they were literally just objects. He saw he saw nothing wrong with what he was doing. He saw nothing wrong with just shoving them underneath his basement floor in the crawl yeah. space. Or, or, or underneath the kitchen floor in the crawl space. Um we, let's not forget too, Mike, that not only did he do this to thirty three victims who died, he did this to countless people who escaped, countless right. people, you know, that who never came forth. He loved yeah. torturing people and sometimes he'd do it all night. He'd keep them trapped tied up literally and he was doing awful things to them and got away with it and got you know raping them with objects not just himself uh you know strangling them to the point of passing out and they wake up again and he do it all over again you know he tortured people and then he let them go and they never tell anybody because they were so ashamed they were so so embarrassed about what happened yeah i'm not taking away any of the the hideous no i know anything from john wayne about john wayne gates because you know if evil you know is anything that it is evil what he did but like i said you know that dark entity evil demonic that still belongs to bundy no i'm with you on that one yeah so man well what about you last words if you got time well i feel like i have to take a bath um after talking about this guy um yeah I, 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 I'm going to kind of repeat myself again. I get the imagery and I get the, the connection between the clown. You know, everyone goes with the clown. It's the clown. He's the killer clown, killer clown, killer clown. But again, I think that's been overplayed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just, it was just, it wasn't a minor part of his personality. It wasn't a minor part of his life by right. any means. But I really think it's been overdone, the connection. Right. It's not like he but, was dressed up as a psycho clown who lured these right. people in his house and somehow got away with it. No, it was. <clears throat> The clown wasn't itself connected to all the murders, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Right. But I do have one question. Yeah. If you had a chance to own one of his paintings, would you no. have it and have it in your house? Absolutely not. Yeah. You know, I, I, I said the same thing to myself earlier One thing today. that I saw, that, one thing that irritated me as well, thank you for bringing that up. Um, uh, one of his paintings, you could obviously tell, if you follow... Bob Ross and his paintings, and you can tell, you recognize the wet on wet painting, the oil painting style and stuff, and fr- from right, be- exactly. beginners on up. He obviously was a fan of Bob Ross, and I cannot imagine what Bob Ross would think knowing that someone like John Wayne Gacy mm-hmm. is learning from Bob Ross yeah. and dupli- attempting to duplicate. Right. Yes, poorly. because John Wayne Gacy's some of his paintings were. Those, you know, those outdoor scenes with the lake and the You can absolutely tell, though, there was one in particular. little trees. There's one in particular that I know is a Bob Ross painting because I myself did that as one of my first paintings I ever tried to do. It's the same. It's like a little campfire with the the, the colors, the lake, the shore side. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was what I know John Wacy. John Wacy. John was watching Bob Ross (laughs) and he painted that thing. And so I'm like, oh, my God. God, but what's you know, but what the attention is put on are his creepy ass clown paintings. And, yeah, oh, of course, yes, and they do fetch money. 
at auction and people buying and you can buy prints for them online. I don't know about that. I noticed for like 30 so, bucks or whatever. We got a minute to go here. So I, I, I get it. And so I don't want to be hypocritical because someone like Zach Bagans buys a lot of like Ted Bundy stuff to put in oh, his, right. but at he's his got museum. His, yeah. So I guess, you know, if you want to buy them more power to you, I just, I, I just, I, for some reason it bothers me thinking that. Yeah. Maybe because maybe maybe it's because the idea of a dead serial killer has sold more paintings than I ever will. Maybe that bothers me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, you know? And Zach Baggins in that episode held a slice of John Wayne Gacy's brain in That's his hand. Right. Well, Oof. what a way to end, Mike. Um, yeah. This is we're coming up on a, an hour exactly. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. We might have to dive into this for part two for sure. Mike, until then, what do our Patreon pals need to do? Oh, after all of this sick and twisted, just try and peace out. Thank <laughs> you.